Hello and welcome to Misty 101 podcast. Supermarket food distributor goes bust amid HGV driver chaos. A private equity-backed haulage firm specializing in chilled food deliveries to Asda and Sainsbury's has gone bust, adding to concerns about gaps on shelves as Britain heads for a winter of discontent. EVCL Chill, a subsidiary of EV Cargo, filed for administration adding to speculation that the two supermarkets will need to take over the business to safeguard deliveries. The company had a number of major contracts for supermarkets and employed around 1,000 workers in warehousing and HGV driving roles. It comes amid worry that Britain will be faced with severe food shortages this winter due to a lack of lorry drivers and an ongoing energy crisis. Several of Britain's biggest retailers on Friday warned ministers the government had 10 days to save Christmas from significant disruption due to the lack of HGV drivers. EVCL Chill operated depots in Penrith, Rochdale, Crick, Alfreton, Daintree and Bristol, and employed around 1,000 workers serving many of the nation's Sainsbury's and Asda supermarkets. EVCL Chill was responsible for delivering 10,000 pallets of food and drink a day into the two retailers, who according to the grocer have been in talks with administrator PWC for several weeks in a bid to safeguard a significant proportion of their chilled operations. Unite the Union, which has over 500 members at the company, is seeking to ensure that the workers employed directly on the ASDA and Sainsbury's contract will be transferred to work directly for the supermarkets as part of a rescue package. It is owned by venture capitalists Emergivest which, as a separate company, will avoid picking up the cost of the collapse, such as redundancy payments. Unite National Officer Matt Draper said. The collapse of EVCL chill at a time when there is huge demand for lorry drivers in particular, further calls into question the role and involvement of venture capitalists in UK industry. There is something fundamentally wrong in a system which allows the wealthy owners of a company to avoid paying for its collapse while the taxpayer has to pick up the pieces. Sainsbury's said it is putting in place measures to secure deliveries. A spokesman said. We are in close contact with EVCL Chill Limited. We have continuity plans in place to ensure operations continue to run smoothly and are confident customers will be able to buy what they need when they shop with us. The news came just hours after several of Britain's largest retailers warned ministers they have just 10 days to save Christmas from significant disruption due to the lack of HGV drivers. The British Retail Consortium said that disruption over the festive period will be inevitable unless the shortfall of an estimated 90,000 drivers is addressed, while MPs have said the army could be used as a short-term fix amid increasingly dire warnings over the damage the driver shortage could do in the coming weeks unless urgent action is taken. Ministers have reportedly discussed contingency plans for the army to be brought in to drive petrol tankers to station four courts but it is thought they would only be enacted as a last resort. Iceland boss praised for revealing damning food banks statistic during question time appearance. 
During last night's episode of Question Time the Universal Credit Uplift Cut was discussed by panelists as audience members questioned why it was being removed. Amid an energy crisis, national insurance hikes, furlough coming to an end, and inflation set to rise, the government's decision to take away the £20 Universal Credit Uplift has been widely criticised. On the show, host Fiona Bruce was joined by Iceland boss Richard Walker. The Spectator's Economics Editor Kate Andrews, Transport Secretary Grant Shapps MP, Shadow Justice Secretary David Lamy MP, and LibDEM Health and Social Care Spokesperson Munira Wilson MP. The very first question asked panelists if they thought it was fair that the £20 universal credit boost was being pulled. In an impassioned reply, Iceland Managing Director Walker said he doesn't think it's fair. He said many of Iceland's 5 million customers a week are from the poorest communities in the UK. He said, some of our customers may rely on benefits to feed their families, some of our customers might only have £25 a week to spend on food so in that context, you understand how this removal of the £20 credit will affect them of course at the other end of the equation, this is coming just at the wrong time. I think any voter would expect their government to be fiscally prudent but this is going to come at a time where we will see food inflation in the market, and obviously there has been a lot in the news about the rising gas prices and energy prices so for some people, this is a choice between heating and eating. It really is that serious. There's now more food banks than branches of McDonald's in this country. We're a G7 country, how can that be right? I think this is the wrong timing and I don't think it's fair. In fact, there are almost double the number of food banks than McDonald's branches in the UK. According to government figures, in February there were over 2,100 food banks in the UK. McDonald's said they have approximately 1,300 branches in the UK. He added that he would be happy to see income tax rise to fund the £6 billion needed to keep the uplift in the long term. Conservative MP Shapps and Labour MP Lamy clashed during the discussion on the uplift lifting. Lamy was adamant that the cut should not be made, while Shapps explained that keeping it long term would mean higher taxes. In response to Shap's outlining initiatives the government has introduced in response to questions over the universal credit cut, an audience member said people are still struggling and using food banks. Walker's comments led to a debate on Twitter, with people sharing their own thoughts on the universal credit cut and commenting on the fact there are now more food banks in the UK than branches of McDonald's. You don't care about people who are poor and struggling she added as Shapps shook his head. As the universal credit debate rages on, ministers have been considering ways to lessen the blow. Once the £20 is pulled, it's predicted that half a million more people could be plunged into poverty. Although things look uncertain for those on the breadline, we hope the government sits up and takes notice of what those who rely on that extra £20 have to say. Man died after downing 1.5L bottle of coke in 10 minutes, doctors claim. A 22-year-old man died after chugging a 1.5-litre bottle of Coca-Cola in 10 minutes, doctors have revealed.
Medics say the Chinese man's rapid consumption led to a fatal buildup of gas inside his body, which starved his liver of oxygen and eventually killed him. The man, who wasn't identified, went to hospital six hours after consuming the fizzy drink, complaining of severe pain and a swollen stomach. He told doctors at Beijing's Kaoyang Hospital he had rapidly downed 1.5L of Coca-Cola to help cool off due to the hot weather. Chugging the beverage so quickly led to gas gathering in his intestines, which due to the pressure then leaked into his portal vein, one of the liver's main blood vessels. This caused fatal damage, according to doctors who detailed the case in clinics and research in hepatology and gastroenterology. Tests carried out on the man when he was first assessed by doctors showed several worrying signs. The man, who wasn't thought to have any underlying health issues, had an elevated heart rate, low blood pressure, and was breathing rapidly. CT scans found he had pneumatosis, an abnormal presence of gas, in the wall of his intestine and his portal vein. The scans also revealed he had hepatic ischemia also called shock liver, a type of injury caused by low oxygen supply to the organ, which doctors believe was related to the presence of gas in the portal vein. Lead author of the case report, Cheng He, said medical staff immediately set about trying to release the gas from the man's digestive system. He was also given medication to help protect his liver and to try to stabilize his other body functions from further damage. After 12 hours, blood tests showed the man had serious liver damage. His condition deteriorated further and he died 18 hours after treatment. One British expert today questioned the true cause of the death however, insisting it was unlikely that downing 1.5L of Coca-Cola was to blame. Professor Nathan Davies, a biochemist at University College London, told Mail Online, the chances of downing 1.5 litres, or a little over 3 pints, of a regular soft drink being fatal would be very, very unlikely, I mean, staggeringly unlikely. He said more information was needed than that provided in the report to draw any firm conclusions on killed the man. And he speculated that a bacterial infection, a known cause of a gas build-up internally, may have been to blame rather than the soft drink. Professor Davies explained that these bacteria can form gas pockets, causing issues similar to the ones the man experienced before his death. Usually this type of condition is caused because you have bacteria that has made its way from the normal gastrointestinal tract to somewhere they are not supposed to be, in this case, in the lining of the small intestine he said. The gas produced in the intestines can then leak into other connected areas of the body, like the portal vein. Professor Davies said that while it was possible consuming a large soft drink may have added to this gas problem, such a combination would be extremely unlikely. It's possible, but not necessary that likely, that drinking a large amount of carbonated drink could have had an exacerbating effect he said. But with no underlying condition it is very hard to see what could have happened Professor Davies also added that gas in the portal vein would not explain the lack of oxygen the man's liver was receiving. He explained that the portal vein carries material from the gut for the liver to process, as opposed to a different blood vessel, 
the hepatic artery, which carries oxygen to the organ. If you have underlying bacteria there, or another sort of condition, they could be potentially producing their own toxins which would be detrimental to the normal function of the organ he said. As such, Professor Davies said there is no reason to think consuming fizzy drinks the same way the Chinese man did could have fatal consequences. Instead Professor Davies said the potential health consequences of regular soft drink consumption were mostly minor and longer term. Obviously it's not good for your teeth, that's the key thing, very large quantities of soft drink can have an effect on bone mineralization he said. A couple of soft drinks a day has no health consequences other than the amount of sugar you are consuming. As a final reassurance for fizzy drinks fans, Professor Davies said that considering the amount of carbonated drinks consumed around the world, if they could have fatal consequences there would be far more cases like the Chinese report. State pension rise will be higher than expected but half a million will miss out. The value of the state pension for next year will increase by the rate of inflation or 2.5%, whichever is higher, with inflation set to be the figure used as it continues to bloat. However, it is estimated that inflation could go over 4%, giving pensioners a sizable boost to their weekly income as a result. The government opted to suspend the state pension triple lock for the 2022 forward 23 tax year in order to avoid a steep rise in the value of state pension, but based on the latest estimates around inflation, it appears that their efforts to keep state pension down may be thwarted. The state pension triple lock is a government guarantee, which ensures that the value of the state pension will increase every year by the highest of three values, inflation, average earnings growth, or 2.5%. This is done to help Britain's retirees maintain their spending power over time. However, Due to the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, average earnings growth looked set to balloon this year to unusually high levels, up to more than 8%, which would have meant a large increase to the state pension. Therefore, the government decided to suspend the state pension triple lock temporarily for next year, removing the average earnings growth element and essentially creating a double lock with the higher of inflation and 2.5% now the determining factors behind state pension value. The decision drew anger from pensioners and broke a manifesto pledge from the 2019 election, but it appears that through inflation, retirees may still be looking at a large increase to their state pension income. Inflation rose by 3.2% for the year to August shooting up from 2% for the year to July, which is the rate that is targeted by the Bank of England. That increase is the largest from one month to the next on record. The rate of inflation for the year to September, which is set to be revealed next month, will determine how much the state pension will increase by next year, providing that inflation comes in above 2.5%, as it is expected to. The government had been operating under the assumption that inflation would go to 3.9% this year, but the energy crisis appears to have thrown a spanner in the works. Inflation is now on course to rise about 4%, which would be good news for pensioners as their income would receive a welcome boost. In a statement, 
the Bank of England said, CPI inflation is expected to rise further in the near term, to slightly above 4% in 2021 Q4, owing largely to developments in energy and goods prices. At an increase of 4%, the value of the full state pension would go up by £7.18 each week, from £179.60 to £186.78. That would mean retirees picking up an additional £373.36 every year, and those on the basic state pension would also benefit from the increase. Their weekly income would go up by £5.50 from £137.60 to £143.10, giving them £286 more each year. However, there will be some people who miss out on the extra cash altogether, as their state pension payments stay frozen in place whilst others see their income increased. It is believed that more than half a million pensioners who moved abroad following their retirement have seen the value of their pension stand still. More than 520,000 British pensioners have missed out on additional income according to the campaign group End Frozen Pensions, with those impacted losing out on up to £61.75 a week, or a massive £3,211 each year. One such victim, 95-year-old Anne, has seen her pension stall at £72.50 a week, while it could have been £134.25 if she had stayed in the UK rather than moving abroad. As her pension does not increase in line with inflation, she loses money in real terms every year and will once again not benefit from an increase in state pension. Despite the expected increase to state pension as a result of inflation, retirees still could have been better off if the triple lock had been honoured for next year. If the average earnings growth element had stayed in place, pensioners were on course for an increase of more than 8% to their state pension. At 8%, state pension recipients in the UK would have got up to an extra £747.14 each year or £14.37 a week, lifting their earnings from £9,339.20 to £10,086.34 for a full year. Even if inflation does rise to 4%, pensioners could have been better off to the tune of double that amount under the traditional triple lock rules. I'm called a bad mum because I'm covered in tats my extraordinary family. Becky Holt has been dubbed Britain's most tattooed woman, with approximately 80% of her body covered in tattoos. The inked model and influencer is now a mother to seven-month-old Aurora Forrest, and her critics out there aren't shy in passing judgment. Becky told Truly, I have been called a bad mother because of my tattoos and that my daughter will be embarrassed of me when she's older. It's not just the haters that think Becky has gone too far with her look. Even some of Becky's friends and family members think she needs to stop getting any more modifications. Despite their concerns, Becky has wanted to get her tongue split for years and she is determined to do as she pleases, being a mother or not. Today, she is meeting her younger brother Toby, 
who is especially against her plans of getting any more body modifications. How will he react to Becky's latest plans? Takeaways threatened, customers may pay extra £2 billion after tax hike. Consumers could end up paying an extra £2 billion for takeaways, ahead of rises in VAT. The British takeaway campaign has warned. Business rates relief should also be extended until 2022 and a visa to help the sector's shortage issues should be introduced, the group said. VAT for hospitality is to rise to 12.5% next month, ahead of another hike up to 20% in March next year to the frustration of beleaguered food bosses. Takeaway operators were worried that they would have to pass the extra cost on to customers to keep their businesses going. Businesses face rising overheads and issues recruiting staff, the British Takeaway campaign said. The industry body estimated the price of a fish and chips meal could rise from £9 to £10.30 while a kebab could rise from £9.50 to £10.90. The group wrote to Chancellor Rishi Sunak to urge him to scrap the VAT increase next year and fees VAT at 12.5% permanently. It also asked for an extension of grant support into next year and for the Kickstart Jobs scheme to be extended and over opened up to small businesses. Total spending on takeaways in 2020 hit £15.1 billion with many months where restaurants were closed for customers to dine in. Ibrahim Dogas, chair of the British Takeaway campaign said it was a real kick in the teeth that VAT would be hiked as thousands of operators were struggling with supply and labour challenges. The government must use the upcoming budget to protect our restaurants not slap them down with costs they can't afford. Without support, restaurants will be forced to pass the costs on to the consumer if they want to survive, meaning millions of families could end up paying more for their favourite curry, pizza or fodogas added. The post takeaways threatened, customers may pay extra £2 billion after tax hike appeared first on City AM. Petrol stations accused of price gouging amid petrol panic buying. Petrol firms have today been accused of taking advantage of panicked motorists by rocketing prices of fuel and diesel. Government officials insist there is no issue with fuel stocks and that it is purely a delivery issue. But long queues have been seen outside petrol stations today, after motorists were warned not to let their fuel tank go below a quarter by petrol retailers. Now pictures have revealed how fuel prices have been pumped up by some garages. Prices have averaged around 135p per litre this week. But a Texaco petrol station in West Kingsdown, Kent was seen charging 145.9p today. Meanwhile, one driver claimed he was sitting at a roundabout when he saw the price of petrol jump by 20p a litre. The caller told LBC, there is a petrol station which I sat by for 30 minutes trying to get round the roundabout and I watched the price change from 131p to 151p per litre. Drivers have made a desperate dash to the pumps today after BP announced some of its petrol stations would be closed due to delivery issues sparked by the UK's HGV crisis. 
Others claimed on social media that they had noticed petrol prices going up, with one Twitter user saying, Unleaded at petrol station near to my work has gone up 3 pa litre overnight. Another said, Just seen an ambulance sat in the queue at Tesco and it's gone up to 132.9 p1 claimed they had noticed a 20 pa litre increase at their local garage. Today AA chiefs said the move would pour more misery on families who were already facing inflated food and gas prices. But the motoring group's fuel prices spokesman, Luke Bosdit, said the price gouging technique was one sometimes used to deter panic by. He told Mail Online, we've seen four courts use price increases in the past to try to deter those just going to fill up their tanks. However for those that do genuinely need the fuel this price jump will leave people who have already faced increased prices for food feeling frustrated. Tom Cruise splits from Mission, Impossible 7 co-star Hayley Atwill. Tom Cruise has reportedly split from his Mission, Impossible 7 co-star Hayley Atwill. The couple who had never expressly confirmed their romance but were said to have grown close on the set of the film, seen together at events such as Wimbledon this summer, were first reported to be an item in December 2020. But the dalliance is said to have run its course for Tom, 59, and his British co-star, 39. The couple, who had never expressly confirmed their romance but were said to have grown close on the set of the film, seen together at events such as Wimbledon this summer, were first reported to be an item in December 2020. But the dalliance is said to have run its course for Tom, 59, and his British co-star, 39. An insider told The Sun on Friday, it has been a very intense period of filming together. They really got on well but as the latest film winds down they've decided to go back to being friends. Their filming schedules are very full on, and Tom has a number of other commitments coming up and is always shooting around by private helicopter and jet so it just ran its course. But they're still happy to work together. It's a shame, but just one of those things. They still get on well. Mail Online has contacted both Tom and Haley's representatives for comment. The couple have been pictured in character on set and on location as they shoot the seventh installment in the Mission, Impossible franchise, often seen in tense action sequences together. They turned up to Wimbledon's 12th day on the 10th of July, both smiling sitting together in the VIP box and enjoying the tennis. Since then, they have been pictured in Birmingham, filming scenes for the high-octane films, gladly greeting fans. The duo were at Birmingham's Bullring and Grand Central Shopping Centre in August, after Mission Impossible 7 filming was paused and delayed multiple times due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Tom who plays Ethan Hunt in the famous franchise, and Haley, who portrays a character mononymously known as Grace, have spent much of the last year shooting the movie across the UK, as well as in Rome, Venice, and Norway. The Cause, a history of the American Revolution for our own troubled time The couple, who had never expressly confirmed their romance but were said to have grown close on the set of the film, seen together at events such as Wimbledon this summer were first reported to be. 
an item in December 2020. But the dalliance is said to have run its course for Tom, 59, and his British co-star, 39. It has been a very intense period of filming together. They really got on well but as the latest film winds down they've decided to go back to being friends. Their filming schedules are very full on, and Tom has a number of other commitments coming up and is always shooting around by private helicopter and jet so it just ran its course. But they're still happy to work together. It's a shame, but just one of those things. They still get on well. They turned up to Wimbledon's 12th day on the 10th of July, both smiling, sitting together in the VIP box and enjoying the tennis. Tom, who plays Ethan Hunt in the famous franchise, and Hayley, who portrays a character mononymously known as Grace, have spent much of the last year shooting the movie across the UK, as well as in Rome, Venice, and Norway. Are you a fan of Chicago Fire? The addictive drama, which has been on screen since 2012, follows a group of Chicago-based firefighters and chronicles the issues they face both on and off the job. The series has made household names out of its cast members, they were said to have become fairly inseparable after they hit it off from day one on the film. Tom hasn't had a high-profile romance since his divorce from ex-wife Katie Holmes in 2012 while Haley was said to have split from her English Dr. X at some point in 2020. Tom shares daughter Suri, 15, with Katie. Britons may face a fine for blunders when trying to make money on the side. It is predicted that by 2030, 50% of the population will have a side hustle while 64% of the current workforce want to start their own business, but few know what these endeavours actually require to be legally and financially sound. Express.co.uk gathered expert input from across the SME sector, focusing on the legal, financial, personnel and entrepreneurial aspects of business who shared what expensive mistakes small business owners and side hustlers alike should be avoiding at all costs. Darren Kenny, a member of Birmingham Law Society and partner at DWF Law LLP, noted that the pandemic saw thousands rush onto online selling platforms to establish their business, but what few know is the fact that online selling comes with an array of legal blunders. One of the most common issues is where sellers fail to understand a customer's right to a refund. Across numerous platforms, sellers advertise that returns will not be accepted and no refunds can be granted. However, there is specific legislation covering online purchases in the UK, namely the consumer contracts, information, cancellation and additional charges. Regulations 2013 which sellers must adhere to he commented. Although high street shops can refuse returns unless an item is faulty, online shoppers have additional rights under the consumer contracts, information, cancellation and additional charges, Regulations 2013. Buyers from UK sellers are entitled to a full refund of the purchase price and delivery costs regardless of whether the product is faulty. This is because a buying decision is often based on a brief description or photograph which may not translate to the item received. As such, 
sellers must honor a refund simply if the buyer changes their mind. Furthermore, buyers on online marketplaces are entitled to a cooling-off period where they have the right to cancel the purchase from the moment they place the order until 14 days after the goods have been received. Mr. Kenny added that sellers can refuse a refund in certain circumstances. These exemptions include perishable goods such as food, CDS or DVDs where the packaging seal has been broken, and bespoke, made-to-order items. Additionally, sellers can refuse to refund any goods with a broken seal where the seal is used for hygiene reasons, such as medical or cosmetic products. It's important to bear in mind that these legalities are specifically for UK and EU buyers. If a buyer is overseas in a non-EU country there are fewer rights and obligations. Sellers must also ensure they completely understand the legal terms and policies of the specific platform they are using. It isn't always as straightforward as sellers adhering to the region in which they operate he concluded. Marik Flament, CEO of small business focused banking app Metal, weighed in on the financial side of entrepreneurship warning that side hustlers need to check the fine print of their main employment and keeping their business finances separate from their personal accounts. Once sellers have been notified of this return the buyer has 14 days to return the goods to them. If you are starting a side hustle alongside your full-time job, the first thing you should do is check your contract. If there are any parts of your contract that say you can't start another business, it's probably best not to do so, as it could lead to losing your full-time job or even being sued by the company for violating your contract she cautioned. Once you have checked your contract, you should figure out the best legal setup for your side hustle. Not knowing if you should be a sole trader, a limited company or a partnership could have consequences when it comes to government grants or loans, as well as knowing how much tax you have to pay. Ms. Flament added that registering as self-employed is vital once money starts coming in. Once you make more than £1,000 from a side hustle it becomes taxable by HMRC, and you have until October after the tax year ends to get registered for tax or you may face a fine. Another thing side hustlers should not do is use their personal bank account for their business banking. When you're starting out, whether as a sole trader or a limited company, it's a good idea to set up a separate business account. Signing up to a business account will mean you'll be able to see what's coming in and out more easily, use invoicing functionality and connect to an accounting package to help you prepare for tax. Lee Biggins and Dominic McGregor added some insight for entrepreneurs and side hustlers on a personal level noting that the gig economy is becoming a far more attractive way of working and the top three tips all business people should know. Mr. Biggins, the CEO and co-founder of CV Library, commented that the demand for gig work has been driven by COVID-19. The global job market has been hit hard by COVID-19 and there's not a business that's escaped any impact. The safest answer for many businesses has been to move to employing gig workers, who can undertake the work on an ad hoc basis and without the need for long-term overheads or commitment. An increased number of employers are now turning to the gig market as a first port of call in order to get the best candidates. And when lockdowns were enforced, 
many people were out of work, resulting in a high number of capable and skilled workers, ready to meet the instantaneous demand of the gig economy. He continued to say that the work-forward-slash-life balance was reviewed by many during lockdown as it forced people to reassess their situation. With many families currently having to homeschool, more pliable working hours that also offer evening and weekend work are fast becoming a preferred option for many workers. COVID-19 brought an abrupt halt to the Monday-Friday, 9-5. to 5 office-based working day that was the norm for so many workers and the signs are clear that flexible and hybrid ways of working will remain. With this enforced shift and greater flexibility in working hours and patterns, the gig workforce is the natural fit for employers going forward. Mr. McGregor, co-founder of social media marketing unicorn Social Chain, noted that the small business and gig working lifestyle does require a bit of a mental shift for those starting out in the industry. Being an entrepreneur requires huge drive, energy and focus. The path is never, ever easy, but the reason you're making money is because you're solving big problems that customers can't without you. To stay the course and not give up, it's not the money but the passion for your profession that powers your motivation. It helps you figure out the hard parts and keeps you engaged. For me, the best way to be an entrepreneur is to turn your passions into profit, because you enjoy it and wake up every day looking forward to doing it and making a success of it. With Social Chain, I enjoyed it every single day. He added that the start of the bringing one's idea to life in the very beginning is the hardest part, I say to people, make sure you just start. Once you've done that, learn and fail and grow from there. And the third piece is to share stories of what you're doing with people you admire. Ask them for feedback on your progress. Be open to it and let them help you grow. No single version of your idea or product or service is going to be the end product, it will always evolve and grow. So, make sure that you grow and change as time goes on and allow your chosen network's feedback to help guide you," he concluded. We are asking for your support. You can make your donations on our website www.misty101.com on podcast page. We hope that you have enjoyed the show. We thank you for being with us and your support. Goodbye till next time.